0: How you doing, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Green Machine podcast. Now, you're probably wondering why we haven't done any anything really on Euro 2020 plus one. I uh, suppose we're not in it, so
1: that's a bit of an issue, isn't it, lads?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah it sort of uh, <laughs> takes away the purpose of it. Um, but, funnily enough, there is one nation that seems to bring ireland together even when not in it and obviously that's what we're here to talk about today yeah so i've
0: breen and david here who are gonna have a fight basically (laughs) um and i'm gonna be the referee to be honest to be honest i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy it um like most collections of people who come together we we do have a whatsapp group and uh, last night during the match and after the match. we all had a bit of a difference of opinion, didn't we, about supporting the England team. They're kind of arguments for and arguments against. Uh, Breen and David, you sit on very different sides of the fence. I think that's probably the best way to put it. David, you uh, would be a little bit more pro-England, and uh, Breen, you, you just hate England, really.
2: <laughs> that's unfair. That's unfair. <laughs> and he lives here. Here. Yeah. he lives here. He lives
1: here. I'm telling you.
0: Just for anyone who who hasn't listened to this before, Breen and David both live in London. They're both earning the Queen's shilling. They
2: are.
1: Like like many of our. Uh, I mean, someone fathers.
2: has to take it. If I didn't take it, some English fella would.
1: Some Polish fella probably took it now. Yeah, they. <laughs> this will show her
0: she won't
2: try
1: this again.
0: Before we go into it, lads, was it a penalty last night? Yes or no no nah.
2: um i think if it goes for you you're delighted um i if 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 that goes against you you're fuming uh, from a kind of neutral point of view i couldn't see how that was a penalty um even with the, the fact that there was a second ball on the pitch at the time it's it just it's all a bit like come on uh, you know what is the point of var if var can't turn around and say you know that's uh, listen there's a, there's a few issues going on here um, so for me not really but if I got, got if Arling got given that penalty you'd be absolutely delighted
1: and yeah. look yeah I mean I agree there I mean I don't think it's a penalty but to be honest with you lads I mean just, just kind of forewarn anybody listening, there's going to be lots of colourful language in this one. Um, but uh, i just get it out of the way now. This is but, a family uh... show, David. There will be absolutely <laughs> no
0: colourful language.
1: No, when it comes to... I don't think when it comes to England um, in, in, in any sort of football capacity, I don't think it's ever possible to be a family show. Um, no, I mean, it was. I don't think it's a penalty. But to be honest with you, you, you kind of watch modern Night Football. I haven't a clue what a fucking penalty is these days. To be honest, what constitutes a foul? To me, you know, I'm a bit old school, you take someone down, you know, you you take the capacity away from them to stay up or to move forward with the ball, therefore they go down, it's a penalty. Now if you sort of I don't know, you, you breathe near the player and he and he feel, thinks he feels contact, he goes down. So I was kind of looking at it. I honestly didn't know what to make of it when I saw it. But then when you see it slow down, you kinda of think, nah. But at the end of the day, that's far's job. That's not um that is not the, the the job of England or anybody. And mm. to be fair with Raheem Sterling, I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, having haven't been a former Liverpool uh, fan yeah, Well, him being a former Liverpool player and you know being a Liverpool fan myself. And I didn't like the way he left Liverpool. So I've never been the biggest Raheem Sterling fan. Nothing personal, it's just, you know, typical Football. tribal. Yeah. And given you know, given yeah.
0: kind of the, the nature of this whole Danish adventure, I mean there were arguments that they were screwed by UEFA after Christian Eriksen had a heart attack. Played on arguments for and against it. I mean, there there was a, you know naturally there was stories coming out saying that that they were encouraged to play and that they were happy to play, and then you know more things saying well you, you shouldn't have to play a match the same day yeah. you see a teammate have a heart attack. But 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 after this, I mean, after that incident and and given the the kind of fairy tale that has been the Danish. Uh, story of Euro 2020 plus one, they didn't really deserve that, did they? The, the nature of it, I mean, an own goal no. a, a, a kind I, of I, conspicuous penalty. Uh, I think that, the, the Danes, in, the, in fairness. In, in the faces of, of, of Kasper Schmeichel.
2: Yeah, I think in fairness to the Danes, they put in an incredible shift last night, and it was always going to be really, really difficult. And when you look at, kind of, I thought their first half game plan was was excellent. They kind of knew that England were going to come out all guns blazing. There's in front of like a um, a 67,000 capacity crowd or near capacity crowd um, for the first time in a long time. So there was obviously going to be this wave of emotion and go for it. And, And they handled that really, really well in the first 10 minutes. And then they kind of slowed the game down for the next kind of 20 minutes, pass it around, got a feel for the game and actually probably dominated most of that first half and then got their reward. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, England were always going to have chances to come into the game. I, I think one of the things uh, that maybe be a worry for England going into the final is they didn't really create that many clear cut chances. Now, obviously, uh, Denmark were kind of playing very deep uh, for a lot of the game, but you know it's still on England. The emphasis is then on England to go out and create those chances, and they didn't really. I think Maguire had that one one chance um, at one all that the header, and, and Shomiko was obviously phenomenal. Yeah. But in to lose a game like that in a tournament that has been so emotional and everyone's had they've had such good will thrown at them, it is very hard to take. And, and I think the the strangest thing for me about it is, in this tournament that has actually fire has been excellent um, throughout the tournament, it is a strange one that the ref didn't even go over and look at the screen and just say right, or, you know, are you sure? Because it's such a monumental moment, and it I didn't I never thought that. Um, I always thought if England score one at any point past maybe the sixty sixtieth minute, Denmark never really looked like they were going to get back into the game um, or mm, get another one. They, they were shattered. Yeah, so I was kind of like, right, they're kind of holding out for penalties here. And given Schmeichel's form and the fact that he actually saved the penalty, you would have fancied them. Um, excuse me, but I I just thought it was strange that he didn't go over and have a look, make sure you're one hundred percent certain that this is definitely a penalty and you're willing to give it. Uh, and you're willing to, to to back that and give it rather than just going upstairs and going, is it a penalty? And, I, you know, I don't know what the conversation was. It's obviously like a clear and obvious error, error or whatever. But I didn't think it was enough to give the penalty. Um, now, was there enough to turn up, turn it over? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I did a referee's course recently, and they were talking about a penalty, uh, a, a foul in general. Now, isn't just a, a kind of oh, you know, you take him down. I think there was one a few weeks ago with Romelu Lukaku, and he's he's going through, and I think the the Portuguese players are absolutely booting him, but he's staying up on his feet, and there's about four fouls in there, but because he stays up on his feet, the referee doesn't give the, the free kick, which is obviously an argument that's going on going on for a long time. So, the the, the the definition of what is a foul for a penalty or a free kick is that the player is unable to continue the uh, positive action that they were doing. Uh, and I didn't think Raheem Sterling, actually don't think he, ha- he had a positive action because the ball was going out. He was being shepherded. He would have been kind of swinging a kind of wild leg at it to try and get it across the, the goal. So it was a strange decision for me to give. But I think in the context, in the, in the full context of the game, England were probably you know, worth the win.
0: Element of hometown rules, maybe.
2: A little bit. I think, you know, England have had a lot going for them in this in this tournament. Um, and that, that's not, I mean, it's not their fault. This is a UEFA. Um, of course it's UEFA their fault. decided on this. <laughs> it's always their fault, <laughs> their fault isn't it? Um, yeah, like I mean, the UEFA decided on this and, and, you know, they can only go out and play what's in front of them and they can only go out and play where they're told to play. So, yes, it, 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 if they win the tournament, if they go on and win on Sunday, I think the argument will then be, well, you can't win a tournament this way of your own.
1: You're okay, so. I mean the
2: other thing is They only played at Wembley that's, yeah. I think that's the thing That gets people It's not like they No they played, in the they played in Rome oh, They played no, yeah, the in Rome No they played in Rome But I mean But when they played at Wembley It's not like they're In a You know when France Hosted the tournament They they played in uh, Lyon They played in Marseille They played in oh, I think they played in, in in The Stade de France A couple of times But it was like the fact That they were moving around Whereas you know it, They're literally home games For England I think that's what's Riled a lot of people up I don't really care about that Because listen
1: I, I just I think that's yeah I think I've heard a lot of that like people complaining about that oh you know that it's ridiculous I saw one complaint on Twitter saying that uh, and Twitter was quite active might I add last night um, amongst the Irish uh, Twitter tweeters and uh, you know there, I think one complaint was oh it's supposed to be all around Europe half the competitions in Wembley at the end of the day that's what your wife wanted to do um, mm. you know Wembley is the home as we say, a football, and why not? I mean, it's a good enough stadium to host uh, any final, really. England have been long overdue a major tournament, quite frankly, and we know there's been controversy there and, you know, probably not bribing people enough, um, as, <laughs> we, as we discovered. And, yeah, I, I see, th- th- this is the thing, right? Just before I get on to that, actually, just about the match, I agree with, with Breen, I think England... Yeah, they did. They were the better team towards the end. I mean, dodgy 25, 30 minutes maybe in the first half when Denmark was starting to really squeeze England, and England got back into it, and then Denmark just started to fall away. So you know, on on on, on the balance of that, I think it was the right decision. Ill unlucky what happened to Denmark, but listen, they're not the only team this has happened to. You know, Ireland went out in Euro eighty eight to an offside goal, eight minutes from semi finals. Mm. You know, England went down in two thousand and ten. They, they could have been two two in the end of going out uh, 4-1 to Germany when the ball was like half a mile over the line. You know, this has this happened. 1986, no, should... the hand of God. They, they feel 86, the hand of, of God. In a way. Yeah, I mean, look, this is football. This this happens. And England will be the victim. I guarantee you, England will be the victim of, of a poor refereeing decision. Okay? In some time in the future. Maybe in the final. Yeah. You know, this is, this is football. And, and, you know, I just, one thing I noticed last night on, on Twitter, and I just, I find it very tiring a bit, was, you know, like, everyone's just sort of kind of going out. And I know there's a lot of banter between Ireland and England, you know, and some not uh, so much banter. And I just, like, the way some people are going on, like, you know, like, this this hurt them that England are in the final. Like, this was, you know, this was akin to, you know, a tragedy for, the, for some folks. And you're kind of going, really? Like, is that... Is it really worth your energy? Is it really worth your time that another country is doing really well that you you want them to lose that much? I mean, you know, we've we've seen a bit of the crack with like James McLean. Oh, that's probably not crack, knowing him. Um, you know, putting on the Germany shirts and supporting whatever team, you know, and it's a bit of banter. We saw it with Stephen Rice on Twitter this morning. Uh, who's currently at Crystal Palace, and somebody left a little post note um, on his desk this morning. It's coming home on it, you know. Stuff like that, that that's a bit of fun I And mean, I understand that, but I thought It would have been a case of, alright We know loads of people are going to want Denmark to win Because of Christian Eriksen, the romance of it And the fact that it's England And then, you know, after the match, probably go Alright, fair enough, it didn't happen, you know, fair play England, now on to the next one But I just found it very sort of like Ah, uh, forget about your hand of God He dived He did. Raheem Sterling didn't do anything That no other player's done During this tournament really and I yeah. watched in, I watched Italy Spain and I tell you what lads there was more roles than Greg's that's for our UK listeners <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuisine the, the France for our Irish listeners in fairness, more... I know
2: you're you're dead right there, David. In fairness, you are the ha- England have been on the in the end of some some bad calls, like every yeah. other team. But yeah. I think the what what's what's riled people up in this, I don't even think it's a it's an it's, it's not an Irish thing. I think it's just football people in general, VAR. Europe. And actually uh, and then a lot of English is VAR. Is the fact that VAR is there, and this yeah. is kind of was what it was brought in for. And yet you could say it's objective, but as I said. Earlier, I think my issue with it is That he didn't even go and look at it I mean like Just go and be Totally oh, sure. It, it doesn't matter who the two yeah. teams are In that scenario If that had happened the night before In Italy, Spain You're like Just go over and check
1: Just go over I, and have a look And absolutely. then you can say I've looked 100% I agree there And Denmark have every right To feel aggrieved What What the officials though Like you know, England didn't do anything there, and, and the kind of that, that sort of feeling I like got where everyone sort of blaming England for it. That the referee, uh, who's German, fully enough, I believe. Oh, no, sorry, uh, that was the uh, Ukrainian game. Uh, I don't know actually where the officials were. He's else. Dutch, uh, Dutch, they were, they were Dutch, you know. <laughs> yeah. thought, like that, that's 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 not England's fault, that's that's up to the referee to do that, you know. And if I was Denmark right now this morning, I would be pissed off. I and they've every right to feel aggrieved, but that's not England's fault. Okay, their players, their players
2: are going down diving as well at times. Every fucking yeah, team does it. Do. You
1: know, but I think
2: there's the thing. It. In fairness, and and we're going to get on to kind of a, a deeper discussion. But I think it was even Jamie Carger wrote a, an article today for the Telegraph. Like he used, writes his column for the Telegraph all the time, and he had a thing about oh, it's not you know they're not cheaters, they're clever, blah blah blah. And you're like that, That's a perfectly legitimate um uh, opinion to hold and it's something that actually Gary Neville was talking about a few years ago on Monday Night Football when he was saying that you know our players aren't streetwise enough and aren't clever enough in these major tournaments but he did also write an article a couple of months ago calling uh you know the PSG players embarrassing for going down the same way And you're like come on like you, can't have, it. you can't have it both ways there yeah I think that's that that is also I think and it's not exclusive obviously to to um to Jamie Carragher it's not exclusive to England it's not exclusive to Ireland it's, it's, it's something that happens all the time people are hypocrites but I think it's when it's so blatantly obvious and you're like just say you didn't think and actually in fairness on ITV last night Roy Keane was like it wasn't a penalty and Gary yeah. Neville was kind of saying probably wasn't a penalty but we'll take it and just say that I mean that's the, if you just come out and say listen yeah. didn't think it was a penalty but we'll take it because tournament football isn't about you know the moral victory it's about the actual victory um so, I mean, I think that's just people are looking... I, I was looking to them. just... I was actually impressed with Gary Neville last night, just saying it. Ian Wright, begrudgingly, was like, yeah, pro- probably wasn't a penalty, but 1986, oh, not do, nothing to do with 1986. i just talk about the game. I know, but you, anyway. say that, but you say that, but then there
1: was people bringing up on Twitter last night, Irish people bringing up on Twitter, forget yeah, about I, Maradona. I never want to hear that again, you know. Yeah. So. And to,
0: move, to move it on, lads, to move it on to, uh, as we've mentioned, the kind of Twitter-addy, that came out last night. So the big crux of a lot of the discussions and a lot of the, the kind of Irish perspective was, um, you know, what an awful occasion this is that England are going to be playing in a, in a European Championship final in Wembley. Yeah. The fact that they've beaten the Danes who had this fairy tale story. And it's brought up two different arguments. The argument that, you know, you know, this, this is an awful thing. We shouldn't be supporting England, uh, even though they're our neighbours. And then there's the other argument that, well, so many of us in Ireland support English teams. Uh, mm. Is it not hypocritical that we are not um, at least backing England somewhat? So, lads, I'm going to sit back and relax, and I'm going to let the two of you fight <laughs> it out for the next for the next uh, little while. So, um, yeah, I'm going oh, to enjoy this now. I'll leave you away, lads. I'll keep, I'll, keep, I'll keep my yellow and red card <laughs> yeah. in my pocket here. Yeah. I, ha-
1: yeah. happy I'm happy to, to let David go
2: first. Yeah, no, no, not hang, hang yourself. yourself. <laughs> Just because. In fairness, I I would I would argue, and maybe this is naively that. The the view that you hold um, on this, and we kind of discussed it last night, is probably um, the less popular view amongst Irish people. <laughs> yeah, it, I-, I don't know if that's unfair to say, but. That's the. I mean, I just from my kind of you. Obviously, you can't judge it off Twitter, but just yeah. in general, just you know, your general kind of being being an Irish person alive, it's it is kind of the unpopular view. It is kind of unpopular. I mean, to degree, but I mean,
1: I have to prefix that with I've lived in England um for ten years, and I've yep. had a good time in, in England actually, and I've never had an issue. Now, I've lived in London. I also have to make that very clear. I've lived in London. I haven't lived in the north of England. Uh, where maybe some parts wouldn't be as friendly, and I've never had an issue with England. My my dad was over here for thirty years, and he was given an opportunity. I saw a lot of Irish people as well in the same boat. Um, don't get me wrong; I mean, I'm not saying, and I want to make this very clear. Um, I'm not saying that people oh, listen. You you have to support your neighbor, and you should be wearing the three lines, and you should no listen. You you support whoever you want. When I was a kid when Ireland wouldn't qualify for a tournament, which was quite rare, I'd support Holland. Um, I think it was probably because my granddad's name was Dutch, actually, is her name. And I think that was it. I don't know. But well, we support Holland? Even though they knocked us out of Euro 88. And my mate up the road used to support Spain. Like, you know, everyone has their, their little country and however, um I just I su- I've I've actually supported
0: a few teams in, in this competition, David. I mean oh. I, I was supporting Denmark last night, I was supporting Ukraine last week, yeah. <laughs> 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 Germany, yeah. Scotland,
1: Germany, Germany, Croatia, Scotland to to a, few. Name a few Croatia. <laughs> but you know, like I just I do find it bizarre that I understand the, the crack aspect of it, right? And that's absolutely you know, I've no issue with that personally. I just, I just find it. I, I just want to look at it, and there's so many different things we're going to discuss here about this and different angles, and why, like, there was such this um, vitriol, I think, against the English team last night f- from an Irish perspective. You know, and it wasn't just like ordinary football fans; it was like personalities, Irish personalities. Um, Stephen, I, Simon Covney wished. Um, the English team, all the best, which probably wasn't the wisest thing, considering Shamrock Rovers were playing uh, the same night in a in a qualifier as well in the in a Champions League qualifier, um, and lost, but, and lost, unfortunately. Just but, to get that in there. Unfortunately, and, no. Green <laughs> <in there>. is <laughs> a Bo's fan, you know. I'm just just putting it out there. But you know, and there was a lot of vitriol there, and all this kind of stuff, and I just, I just find it puzzling because we have a lot of our a lot of Irish fans support Premier League sides, like. Breen, you support Liverpool, Nick, you support Man United. And I, you know, I used to be a mad Liverpool fan back in the day. And Kenny Sports, Martin, Sports United, and Kenny Sports Asabella, and so on. And I just find it puzzling that when you play together as a country, it's like, no, we 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 can't support them. And you kinda of go, well, why? You know, people say the history. You know, like uh, the history, uh, you'll have different angles. Obviously, you got the situation up with Northern Ireland, which granted that is definitely, um, you know, that is definitely a bugbear of a lot of people, but then you'll have the sort of, oh, well, you know, they they're, they took over the world, and I saw, and I'm just going from what I saw last night. Like, oh, they're imperialists and all this stuff, and yet, like, we support Denmark, who, you know, the Vikings slaughtered and pillaged Ireland, um, you know, and, and I actually had recent. Um, falling out with the actual team, they were very arrogant, I thought, towards the Ireland team. Um, when he hammered us 5 1, and then the subsequent battles that we had with them, like, they were very one Casper well, Schmeichel, Kasper, Kasper Schmeichel's comments and were Peter Schmeichel as well. Yeah, he he fucking crawled out where whatever rock he was under, and he started having a go at us as well in recent years. So, you know, there's that rivalry. Germany, where do we begin with them? Um, you know, like, if you want to talk about history and. You know, everyone likes supporting Germany, whatever, and you're gonna go, oh, okay, you know, and it's just But even their comments, David, and, and
0: sorry, sorry, Breen, it feels like I'm I'm siding with David. I suppose I'm just saying, uh, giving giving give my points to to yeah. each argument. But even in, in recent years, Jorge Lowe saying, you know, that we don't have the DNA to play good football. So yeah. two two teams who in recent years have actually had a right go at us personally. Yeah.
1: And also, then you had the issue, obviously, with the bailouts and all this stuff, the banking crisis, and Ireland got absolutely nailed to the wall by the Germans as well. So there's all this kind of research. You know, when you look into it, you know, and actually, funny enough, the UK gave Ireland a grant. I think it was like £9 billion, it was, or £8 billion. That actually helped Ireland during that time. Um, so, you know, you've got the, you know you got that sort of aspect of it, and that, that's one angle that people take. Uh, then you got the media, and I listen. I get it. The the English media are a pain in the arse and, you know, the way they go on sometimes. And can I just a... add, uh, so is James Corden. So just is James uh, Corden. You've got a massive problem. Just our,
0: on, on, our, on our WhatsApp last night, uh, James Corden wasn't really safe for me. I, I kind of, you know, kind of slated, you know, your Red Naps, your Mersons, your Ferdinands, and then I just decided to throw James Corden into the equation for good effect.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> but just with the media, and I was thinking for those living in Ireland, and, you know, you don't, oh, the things media, the way they're going to go on now about this. Well, don't fucking watch it. Switch it off. If it bothers you that much, switch it off. Don't read it. You're in Ireland. You don't have to. Now, if you're in Breen's case, like, you're kind of screwed. Although, you do have access to <laughs> the internet. You can go on Independent. You can go on Irish Times. and go on RTE and all that stuff. It's like, if it bothers, and I'm not listen, I'm on about the ones that it really bothers. You know, not the ones that kind of go, ah, look, I'm just having a bit of crack. I... No problem with that. It's football, all that stuff. But I'm on about the the ones that are really, really bothers and you get into it and you get the history of it and the whole lot. Like, just switch it off. Just just don't don't watch it then. Watch the match on RTE, but people will want to watch it on BBC because they, they want to hear, they want to laugh at the BBC. You know, they, they were hoping, obviously, Denmark would... And Germany and Ukraine and all that, you know, they, they fall flat in the face and they want to watch it on the BBC because they want the reaction. Listen, I get I was guilty of it as well. It used to be great listening to Dumphy uh, rip the piss out of um, oh, the, the guy Gareth Crooks, you know, and he said that him and Sven Gonerics were having sex on the BBC. Um, yeah, you know, I get that as well, but like, you know, I was, for those that really bother, just switch it off, you know, don't, don't get into it. Um, And also, I would dare say with the media, like if people in Ireland read Spanish, German, Italian or French tabloids, I think they'd find them just as unsavory as the British tabloids, quite frankly, because especially in France, you know, they have a very bad history in terms. I mean, look how Princess Diana died. She was actually being chased by the French media and paparazzis through a tunnel and all sorts of stuff. There was that case on Netflix. Um but the young lad that was killed and you saw the French media acted and that it was a disgrace the way they were they treated our family and the way they went after that and they you know they got involved in that case. I can't remember the, the name, but a young boy that, that died um in France. You know, um, you know, you saw the you know the arrogance, you saw the Italian press calling God Italian, you know. I mean, Jesus, it doesn't get any more than that, you know, and I, I get it, like that's that's all that's all part of the game, you know. And I know there's an issue, like you brought it up, green as well. Yes, they like and you brought up before in discussions like, you know, with, uh, with the rise of the far right in Britain or racism in Britain. Britain has its problems and racism is certainly one of them, but so does every other country in the EU. And the far right is rising all across the continent. Le Pen in France, the Dutch as well. They're having issues with that. The Germans are having issues there as well over Merkel's. um, the immigration, the immigrants, uh, the refugees that came in, over one million of them. And that's led to massive issues. Uh, for her and her party over there, um, you know, so there's all these sorts of issues. Brexit obviously is one issue that's probably had a lot to do with it. And as I said last night, that was fifty two percent. If that if that is a massive uh, bugbear of somebody, um, if fifty two percent of it was fifty two percent voted in favor to leave, and forty eight obviously uh, voted to remain. I mean, that's not exactly. That's not a huge, you know, that is a very tight call as as in terms of votes go. So, I mean, I don't think it's fair to sort of just write the whole country off, ah, just racist, anti-Europe, blah, blah, blah. You know, Um, and yeah, as I was saying about the the Premier League clubs as well, the the irony of Irish football fans, nothing against it, by the way. I'm not saying you you should be supporting the League of Ireland or whatever, but if you hate the English national team and you support an English Premier League English Premier League side and you're buying the jerseys, you're travelling to the matches, you're paying for subscriptions, all that TV money, all that TV revenue, you are actually strengthening the national side who have to now develop so many homegrown players and you're actually paying, you're giving that Premier League side the money to um, grow these young international players that we're seeing that quite frankly are the nucleus of a very good team and England are a very very good team all the egos are gone apparently all the big superstars are gone but they are f- fantastic side and you know hopefully we'll learn a thing a thing or two from them because in the same space that uh at the same time that england have built this up you know they put in saint george's park to put the right foundations in we made john delaney a millionaire you know in the same time and that really that's what we we should be focusing on you know and also the fans and also as well, if you want to strengthen, you know, do go out and support your local club like yourself, Breen, and, and yourself, Nick, you know, do go out and support your local club. And if more people supported support a local club in Ireland and, you know, got behind them, so maybe a Premier League side, there might be better players. We might have a better national team. We'd actually have a conveyor belt of talent, our own conveyor belt of talent, and not relying on English clubs and not relying on foreign clubs now. Because Brexit, so we're going to be sending players all over the place, which is also good, by the way. There's nothing against that. That's really that. That's also you want a bit of that as well. But you know, I just find the whole thing a bit strange. And listen to supporters, I get it. The England fans, um, most of them are. I was at the game. No, I wasn't at the game. Sorry, but it was at Wembley before the game. I was doing a job there, and yeah, the England fans are very unruly bunch and they're not very nice when they get together those people I'm sure are nice people when they arrive at the stadium when you get into that mob it's just it just takes over it's very unfriendly it's very intimidating it's very it can get very nasty it's very unruly I mean there was a guy sitting on the lamppost he climbed up and there were people starting throwing cans at him to knock him off and he started catching the drink and drinking them and all that and they were aiming for his head and everything like it was incredible and he came out. he had welts all over him kind of thinking like well is wrong like with you. This guys. is this is their own. Like this is their yeah. own. <laughs> yeah. And then there was riots. Um not riots, but I walked through uh London when Germany, when you beat Germany, I was working up in London and I walked through it and it was Carnage. And the game after the uh the Ukraine game was Carnage. Luckily I got home um before the, the game finished um yesterday. But it was absolute carnage outside. Like there's there nothing nasty like it wasn't well, I mean there was nasty stuff going on but it wasn't there was no um, there's always trouble, there's always fights there's always punch-ups at every game in England, trust me, I've worked in football for nine years now over here and you, you always have that sort of stuff anyway but there's nothing like, you know. there was no riot police called in or anything last night Um, you know, and, and it was funny enough, there was this guy walking past me he yeah, had this massive scowl on his face, he looked like a proper, now when you're doing security at these things, you can't, you have to sort of confront it in a way, you can't just sort of, oh god because you, you, if something happens you have to deal with it and my way of dealing with these things, I saw this guy walking past and he looked like oh he was gonna hit somebody. I just went, Hey mate, you all right? And he looked up and he smiled, Oh, all right, mate. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, fucking hell, you know. Um but that's what I'm saying to you, like it just takes over. And yeah, they're very bad. And they're really, really, really are bad when, when especially when you travel abroad. I was in I was in Copenhagen uh, two years ago and I was in the um I was in the the fan section with, with the, Danish fans, all the Irish in there, not a problem and then we were getting news reports like if I think the English fans were in Amsterdam and they're pouring beer over the supporter or or like over just tourists on the canal on the bridge, you know, that kind of shit, like, you know, there's no room for that, so yeah, I I do understand the supporter side of it, yeah, that's I don't like it either but then, you know, I was actually texting my mate and I was, you know, I I have a lot of English family as well, you know my sister's English, for example and, you know, her boyfriend were watching it, so it's not as clean cut for me in terms of I can't just go, no, like I, I've got friends that are English, obviously. And I remember I just went, I uh, text one of my mates, he's actually from Cornwall, and it was so funny. I said, I say, you must be buzzing, mate, you know, like uh, say you can't wait till Sunday. And he goes, you know what, I don't really care. And I, you know, goes, I'll take this. You know, we got final, final appearance. We got a win over Germany. Fantastic, And he this guy is the most left-wing person I know. Like, he's pro-Europe. He's anti-establishment. to a whole lot, you know. But that's... And then I actually said to him, I was like, you know, well, you know, there's been a lot of stick being handed out to... On, you know, the Irish Twitter or whatever. And he goes, because I understand it, but he says, I'd love to... T-, and it, he must have been pissed when he was texting me. He goes, I'd love to tell... Like, I'd love to tell you guys and explain to you that my first memory um, was watching Ireland of a world cup was watching Ireland play, was actually watching Ireland uh, beating Italy. And so that was one of his most favourite World Cup moments because he was supporting Ireland, because England weren't in it. You know? Um so there is that side to it as well. That you know, I'm probably I probably sound like a hippie uh when I am going on about it. But you know, that's that's just my view of it, as I said. Now I don't want people saying, think, oh that's it. Like, you know, I No, I, you, you
2: you I mean it's a very you, you've you've um, articulated it very well there, and and, and you're perfectly entitled to, to that view. And there's no, there's nothing wrong. there that I'm <laughs> no, but there's nothing there that inherently that I'm like, well, that's that's just you know factually wrong or incorrect. Like it, it, it's a perfectly legitimate view to hold. And yeah, I, you know, I say your sister's English and nationality, and it's something that people from Ireland who are like myself, who are you know fully Irish, uh, lived in Ireland our entire lives, or most of our lives. And you know, if you go back and do the answersheet.com test or whatever, it just says you're Irish. And it's very hard. And and you'd think of it in like you know, say I was reading an article today um, about English and rice and stuff, and it's like being of a, a dual nationality or or of a certain heritage from another country, and then living in another country is something that you it's it's you can only understand that if you are in the same position. Because I don't know what it's like to. English and you know have Irish parents and you know I was reading about Harry Kane today and his dad is a fluent uh, Irish speaker comes from Galway Man. and yet he plays for, for England he's the England captain and there was talking playing for Ireland but like it is one of those things that you know I was thinking about it today and I was like well, if I end up living here then my children are born here I will ensure that they want to play for Ireland if they end up if they're lucky enough yeah. to be in that position. Well, listen, but they can and also have their own view on it. And, and mean by the way. Me too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. that's but that's how yeah. I feel. And if other people, if, if that's not, I'm not saying that this is the right way. My way is the only way. It's just this is how I feel about it. So yeah. I've I've just been sitting here and taking some notes on, on the, the the points you brought up so that I'm not kind of misrepresenting it or or saying it wrong. But I do want to preface this by saying that my admiration for this England team, like the group. The players um, is is probably it's probably higher than any other team that I don't support ever. Maybe I look at the the work they do off the pitch. The work Jordan Henderson has done off the pitch when he organised the kind of the NHS stuff and 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 stuff so during COVID. The, obviously Marcus Rashford, uh, the phenomenal work he's done. The, the work that Raheem Sterling has done on the anti-racism thing, the way that they've stood up to their own fan base and said, no, we're going to take the knee because this is important. And the way they've, they've explained that is, is, is incredible um, in the face of, of just pure and utter ignorance. And then I look at Gareth Southgate and I don't, honest to God, I don't think I've admired another football manager, never mind an England manager, more than, say, Jurgen Klopp or, or Pep Guardiola. Like, I find him to be just such a good speaker. And, and he's so calm and so, you know, everything he says is clearly thought out. And he's clearly put a lot of thought into this. And the way that he handles his players and the way that he handles himself, it's only to be admired. And I'd, I'd love that in an manager. And I see a lot of, actually, Southgate in Stephen Kenny. You know, they're trying to instill a culture of, a uh, change the culture. Um, and you said it there as well, you know, there, there used to be so many egos in the England team. And it was why the England team in the 2000s was so unlikable. Um, and probably before that, it, it was quite unlikable because there were just these prima donnas and, and, and you know, the stereotypes about footballers. And then you look at these players and you go, no, they're actually like incredibly um, adjusted, stand up individuals who you'd want your children to idolize. Um, because they're such fantastic people, or they give off that impression. It's it's excellent, and you know some people will be cynical and say, "Oh, it's just good PR." But no, I don't. I don't buy it. I buy that they really do believe in what they're doing, um, and everything else that goes. You know, uh, at the point of, oh, you know, the fact that English player, English, we, we rely on English clubs to make our players and stuff. That's entirely our fault, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, our fault. Like th- 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 let's preface all of this that everything that's gone wrong with Irish football isn't the fault of Jack Irish playing for England, for De- Declan Rice playing for England. Excuse me, it's because we weren't putting in the work, not even just in the Delaney years, for the years and years before that. You know, we, we, we've we always kicked the book. And, and can I just say,
0: Brian, I mean, their their decision has been completely vindicated.
2: I don't think it has been vindicated. I, I don't buy that. It, it, <laughs> you know, well, I, I mean, don't. Well, they're, well they're, no, about they're, play, seen...
0: they're about to play in the European Cup
2: final. Yeah, but you can't you don't know whether that's not vindication for me because you know they're part of that if they were part of I looked at it today and I was like Jesus imagine Kane, Grealish and, and Rice had decided to play for us we could be in the same position I don't think it's been vindicated by them getting uh by them yes they win a medal but I don't think that's vindication I, I don't really think they need to vindicate their decision as such they've they made their decision have at it um I don't think there was a a right and a wrong to the decision if I'm totally honest Um, well I
0: think I I think when they're looking back at their careers they're going to say well I never would have played in a European Championship final with Ireland why? why not? what do you mean why not? I mean like of course they'll say of course they'll think that like of course that's going to Yeah, but they can think
2: that but they don't know Mm. like I mean I appreciate that yes you look at it and probably England are more likely to make a European Championship final but at the same time We've told ourselves that we're bad for so long that we're never going to make a final just because we don't believe we'll ever make a final. We could have the best team in the world and we'd, we'd probably say, we're like, ah, no, oh, just qualifying now is enough. And it's not. It's not just qualifying enough. Roy Keane got absolutely milled in 2012 for... He, he, he made his point terribly and just made it, uh, made it an attack on the fans. But his point was right. We aren't there to say... Well, if we go to tournaments, we aren't there just to make up the numbers. Like, that was the, the great thing about this tournament is that you felt that Denmark, the Czech Republic... Um, Sweden uh, even the Ukraine they really believed they could win this tournament and they really believed that they could go as far as they possibly could now they got found out in the end but they really genuinely believed it I don't think anyone backed this Italy team to get there and yes Italy have a history and I'll get into that in a minute but if we just tell ourselves oh well you know we wouldn't have got there well you never know you genuinely never know because then if we've got a good enough system in place and if we really aim for that, and we're able to even convince players, um, while having a good uh, system that, that brings up homegrown players, and we're able to convince players like Grealish and Rice and Kane to play for us, why not? But yeah, in their position, they are there, and Ireland are at an all-time low. So they will look at it and say, oh yeah, well, obviously, we think we've made the right decision. But if they're playing for us, I don't think we're in that position. Th- that's a different argument. But anyway, everything else that's gone before this is 100% our fault. It's not the fault of the English. It's our fault. But in the context of that, if Ireland don't qualify for a tournament, or I'm watching a match, like I was watching the, the the Europa League final there a couple of months ago, and Liverpool weren't in it and Man United were, and I don't really like Man United. And I was like, right, well, I'm gonna cheer for the other team. You always need to have someone to cheer for. Well, if you're watching a game like I'm gonna watch the Copa America final on Sunday, I'm like, I, I right, who do I want to win this? Argentina, for me, I want Messi to win an international tournament. And I'm like, Yeah, that that for me is is something you you choose a side and it just happens that I choose a side to play against England. And it's because of a football rivalry in mostly for me. So yeah, people always want something to either dislike, hate, um, hate's probably a strong word, but they want something to dislike and they want something to to cheer against. um, And then because of that they want something to cheer for so you either decide well do I want to cheer for something or do I want to cheer against something and you know you kind of go from there um so to go on to the point so one of the points you made about the Premier League teams and and from both sides of this coin, I don't think it's a, a valid argument I think the Premier League is a product um it is obviously English and it obviously is is steeped in English history but, the problem of the Premier League being all-encompassing and, and taking over football everywhere isn't exclusively an Irish problem. Yes, Ireland is geographically close and probably has the most visitors to the Premier League um, from outside of England, but in terms of you know the Premier League's popularity, it's almost not even English anymore. It's like the World League. Um, you know, I'm working for a Nigerian company at the, at the minute, and they're obsessed with it. They're absolutely obsessed with it. It's all they ever talk about. Um, and to the detriment of Nigerian football, it's the same arguments, and it's happening ever because it's this massive marketing vacuum, and it's so good to watch. I've spoken about it before on here, and people in you know League of Ireland circles who've been tweeting and talking, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you hate the English team, but you go to Man United." He's like, "Yeah, but Man United aren't the English team. That's that's the point. That you're almost watching a European Super League as such." But yeah. You well, know you're watching each Premier the best League, players in the
1: world, but but I just just want to come in on that one. I mean I know what you're saying, and it is not. It's not long the English Premier League. It's it's the Premier League. It's the World League now. And you know when I start seeing friendlies, pre season friendlies, Premier League teams playing up in Sweden, who always had an excellent tradition. I think I mentioned this before in a previous podcast, I thought, uh oh, you know, like this is gobbling up the whole. This isn't. Well, forget about La Liga. You know, like it doesn't touch mm. the Premier League in terms of. A product and whatever, but the thing is though, look, if somebody ha if somebody despises being the team, like hates it that much, and them winning, it, you know, it, it's just a dagger through the heart that much. And I'm and I'm I gotta say that again, not like ah, sure, look, it's just a bit of crack or whatever. But if it really really gnaws at that particular person, and they're supporting an English Premier League, like at the end of the day, I was a hundred million. And this is back 10 years ago, 100 million um, euros spent, go, goals from Ireland into the Premier League every year. And you're thinking, jeez, if we just get a little bit of that into the into world. I, I agree.
2: I, that point you made actually about it, you know, you are funding the English game. but that, that is, you're spot on. Yeah. You are absolutely spot on. But I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. You Yes, when you dig into it, that is an issue. Obviously, it's a massive issue for Irish football in general. But... Does it mean you can't then dislike England? No, because as you said, there are other factors to it. Um, I very I love watching the Premier League. It's such an interesting league, it's a great, it's so aesthetically pleasing on the eyes. But does that mean that I then have to go and like the England team? No, because I don't like the England team. I on a on a footballing level, like football is built on rivalries. Um, if you're a a you know this is kind of old school thing and it happens in england it doesn't happen in ireland a bit at the moment it's like oh you support you know you support the other english teams in europe right. no like oh, i don't want rovers to do well i'm kind of a bit caught in 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 the irish ski, uh, grand scheme of things because you're going oh well the better that maybe rovers do and the better that xyz do um you know the coefficient does well you're like yeah i suppose that's true and you're kind of begrudgingly but i'm also like i don't want to see robbers do well because then they'll get more investment they'll get more money um and then you know the league becomes a one horse race and then it just becomes like oh who can finish second and you're trying to catch up constantly so there is that thing but on a purely footballing level i was delighted to see rowers get beaten last night i hope they get beaten in the second leg um <laughs> that, that's that's you're that's there. kind of the reality of it and people have that thing about about uh about England as well. They are, you know, probably not in terms of on the pitch, but geographically, I didn't even want Scotland to do well. You know, I, I didn't want Scotland to do well. I was like, oh yeah, well, fair play to them. They're there. They, you know, they've worked hard and the fans have had a tough time. But I was also like, I don't want them, them to do well because they're quite close to us. You know, well, why are they doing well and we're not? And and that's it for me. That it. Yes, there is kind of all these nuances to it, hmm. but, but that's part of it. The footballing aspect is I don't want my rivals to do well because that makes me feel bad, worse about our position because mm. you're looking at them having great fun and going, why isn't that us? Um, and I've been out and about a little bit, you know, during the Euros. I've been working a lot, but I've been out and about and you're like, you hear all these things from the mental goals. You're like, that could be us and it's not and that's our fault um the other thing I suppose about it as you said is the history and and the history yes there's a lot of hyperbole about about England and a lot of like oh anti-Englishness for the sake of it and you're like I hate England blah blah and you're like well you don't and it always gets me about um people in Dublin and people say you know from outside particularly in the south of the country and they're so anti-British and anti this and they're allowed to be, you, they're allowed to be, you know, you're, I don't like the British establishment, I don't like the British right, I got called a dickhead the other day walking in the street wearing an immigrant t-shirt, um, and I don't like, I, I, I dislike that intensely, and that's, I really, really you know, the, the Tories, I think, are, are, you know, one of the worst things that could ha- has happened to this island, because they don't accurately reflect the population, but they're able to whip up fear, and fear is such a powerful thing with people, and, the history is is vitally important. So my point about, sorry, the people in Dublin and the people in said they're anti-British, and they hate the, the, the loyalists and the unionists up north. Like, have you ever been up north? Have you ever spoken to them? Like, no, you ha- probably haven't. The likelihood is you haven't. You have to go and speak to these people and get to know them, because they're not bad people. I've got friends up north. They're not bad people. But I don't agree with their political views. But the, the, the thing about history is, because of the way that, and it kind of feeds into the media as well because of the way that Ireland is spoken about and portrayed and the way the history is used against us, like people are I, I can say, well, they're actively anti-Irish. Like only last week, two British soldiers were told they're not going on trial for shooting dead two Irishmen innocent Irish people. And I mean that gets that rubs up people the wrong way. And yes, obviously terrible things happened on from people in the name of Ireland, and that, that is awful. And that this doesn't excuse it, but that wasn't the Irish state, you know, this was the British state saying, no, look, we don't have enough, and and yeah, okay, there might be a lot of legal nuances to it, but the aesthetic of it is that, you know, it doesn't matter, it's two Irish people, it really doesn't matter, and yeah, like, it is obviously a a very um, controversial and very uh, complicated uh, situation, but in terms of, do they actively look think like you know in terms of Brexit and in, you know they never spoke about Ireland and I'm just like oh just the Paddies will be fine and it is this real kind of condescending view and you're like but that, that's what gets to people and I completely understand that yes there is a lot of hyperbole and a lot of exaggeration you're like shut up man like one of the things that gets me the most you know is when people are singing in, in the fields of Etten-Roy and they add in the Sinn Féin IRA bit and you're like no it doesn't in fairness I, it doesn't really happen that often anymore um, at Ireland games it just annoys me i remember being at the uh, i don't know what game it was i think it was actually the northern ireland friendly a few years ago there was uh, these lads that sat beside us they sat in front of us and our season tickets from the north and they always were hammered by the time they got there and they started singing like really anti-unionist pro ira songs and very very quickly they got shut down by the people around them like everyone's like shut the fuck up like, it, 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 what are you doing? Like, it, it completely, not complete nonsense. I remember at the Switzerland game uh, in this qualifying campaign at home, the Swiss national anthem came on, and some fellow behind me started booing, and like me and about ten people around, me, shut the fuck up! Like, what are you doing? Like, are we, are we honest yeah. to God, what are you doing? I, I don't. But, like... I know it wasn't a majority of English fans doing it, but it was still extremely loud booing this Danish national anthem.
1: Yeah, it's and, and booing every other anthem. It is yeah. completely disrespectful and, and nonsense. His... But trust me, if you that, saw the carnage, if you saw the carnage before the game, like, it wouldn't surprise
2: you in, like, these guys. I know. They're I was up at Wembley. Off. I know that, yeah. I mean, like, I was up at Wembley on uh, a... excuse, on, of course. No, I was up at Wembley before the Scotland game, and obviously quite the derby. I was really nervous, and I was supposed to be going something, and I had an Ireland jersey underneath my jacket, and I was like, I'm not taking this off until I get into the place I was going to. You know, it was a whole thing. We didn't end up getting into the place, but... I was just standing around there, and I could hear, like, anti-Irish, anti no surrender to the IRA. And, like, fuck the Pope, which is obviously aimed at Irish Catholics. And you're like, we're not even playing. Like, we're not even here. And I know there's the element of Scotland, you know, and kind of the Celtic um, roots and all that. But, like, we're not here. We're nowhere here. You're singing about fucking um, down in, uh, you know, Luftwaffe bombers. Was, like, that, was that England here. fans or, or Scottish fans. fans? Not Scottish fans. No, Rangers it was fans. England fans. Mm. And I'm like, like honest to God. Like, we're not here. We're not involved in this in any way. And you're just these are your go-to songs. And I know that, yes, within certain elements yeah. of the Ireland fans, they are there are people who sing unsavory things and there are people who glorify unsavory things. But it's it feels like with England fans that this is the main. And I was looking at videos of other England fans on Twitter. Like there was a, a bunch of um, Muslim seminarians watching the game and going mental on the goal. Went and then I was like, that's brilliant. And then I saw the thing, someone's like, this is Garrett Southgate's England. And you're like, yeah, it is. It's a good represent, representation of it. But the, in the main, the England fans, you know, the, the home and away England fans, as you've said, they're not particularly pleasant and they give off such a bad vibe. I remember yeah. being in a, in a fan park in, in Euro 2016 and I'm, you know, we've been there for a few days and there'd be no trouble. And England were on the way after getting their fucking irises kicked in Marseille by the Russians. We're on their way to Lawrence to watch the Wales game. And we're walking through this fan park. And I'm there with a bunch of England, English friends. And we're walking through and they see our jerseys. And they turn around and start singing to us, no surrender to the IRA. And yeah. I actually stopped. Me and my mate Jay stopped. And like, I was wearing like a vintage Ireland jersey, like shorts, slip-on vans. I had a big fringe. And I was like, do I look like I'm in the IRA? Like, look at me. I am a fucking shambles like i (laughs) I couldn't be further from the IRA, and that's one of the things about the 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 fans and i think you know obviously the far right and brexit you know are massive issues and obviously within europe the far right are 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 growing and it's it's a real problem but one of the things is that the far right in europe don't actively hate irish people and the far right in english in england they do like that's the reality. They came to Dublin in ninety six and are ninety five, and you know caused uproar. Like that—that's part of it. And one of the things that you mentioned about like history and stuff, and and about the Germans, and obviously the Germans have done some terrible things within living memory. And that's the other thing: the Vikings. I mean, yeah, it's a good point. The Vikings did come and fucking slaughter Irish people, but that was a thousand years ago, and it doesn't really have active. Um, you know, it doesn't have active. Uh, <laughs> what's the right word, active oh, um, you, implications learning, on you're, modern you're, Irish society. Yeah. Well, and, and that. That's that. My, I, I, it's a good point. It is a good no, point. You, I mean, Dublin's name, you know, it's named by the Vikings. But yeah, but go. that's not an active, it's not an active, it's not the same as like, you know, soldier ethnic, not, again, yeah, not no, for mean, murder. Mean, yeah, I mean, I get your point, but like, the, you know, that is one. and I think the thing about the Germans is the Germans have acknowledged their, their, their history and gone, right, yeah, these bad things happened. This is why it happened. This is why it can't happen again. And they actively speak and talk about yeah. it. And, and they're like, yeah, this is it. This is the things. And we don't want this to happen. Whereas, you know, as you, you know, kind of seen in the last few years under the Tories, they're so reluctant to just acknowledge anything bad ever happened under but their watch. That's because they won two world wars. Like,
1: I'm not, yeah. But that's why, like, I mean, you, you don't learn any lessons unless you lose. Exactly. You but know, when but, you win, what lessons you need to, you know, I'm not saying that's right, but that's obviously the mentality, you know. I appreciate. No, you're
2: you're dead right, but that, and that that's is, why that.
1: there's so much wrong in this country. By the way, in in England, and I've said that for years, and you know, I've been here ten years, and I've said that's why fucking Germany tore it down, start again. This country needs to do the same because
2: it's it's stuck mm. in a time warp. Certain aspects of it are. But that's why people dislike it. That's what I'm saying. Because Irish people, and, and it's not just Irish people. I mean, as I said, I'm working for a Nigerian company. And you should see with, on the social media channels, like how like people are just like, God, I don't want England to win me. Because I just won't stop going on about it. And you're like, well, this is amazing that you people are so far away and that you have the same qualms that we do. And I appreciate that. And then on the media, you're dead right. Like the Italians, the Germans, the Spanish, you know, build in, in Germany, uh, Gazetta del Sport in, in Italy, you know, what's the one, Marca in Spain. They are absolutely do the same thing that the English media do. But the thing with those guys is they have the medals to back it up. Like they have the in, you know, since whatever, 1982, like even before that, the Germans won in 1974. You know, they have constant medals to back this up and say, well, we can be arrogant. We've won three, four World Cups. You know, Spain 10 years ago won you know uh, three major tournaments in a row they've they've been there and they've done it england haven't done it and i think that's the thing for a lot of people that's not going to change anything though brain is it no it's not going to change if if england
1: win three back-to-back tournaments or four or five people still be like no fucking england like no they're they're still i think my issue with it was it just sounded like no matter what there was going to be a stick somewhere to just have a go at England, right? Fucking like... Of course oh, there you is, know, of it, course there it is. It just, if, if had it had been a perfectly legitimate goal and, or had it been like a blatant penalty or whatever. And obviously there was a laser pen in, which is bang out of order. And I don't know who, but like I'd assume it's an England fan that did that and they're going to get charged over. It didn't affect anything cause he actually saved the penalty. But fucking bang out of order to do that sort of stuff. In fact, we only said that the other day, actually. Uh, we were talking about Euro 2012. There was a guy in the whistle uh, with a whistle in mm. the Ireland crowd or in the crowd, yeah, I don't think was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, and uh, he actually blew the whistle, and the, the Croatian team stopped. I yeah.
2: goal. I stopped celebrating that goal. I remember.
1: Yeah, so and I, I thought I was offside. Yeah, they all stopped, and people. Oh, yeah, I read some. Oh, it, it didn't actually affect. It did. I watched it. It actually did. They actually stopped, and they kind of made a half-ass uh, attempt at it. So, unfortunately, that shit does happen. But yeah, that's.
2: But I appreciate that. But as you say, if England had gone and scored a perfectly legitimate goal, people still would have had some issue to think. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, as you said, that that is football. Like, that is one of the things you go, well, they've just, you know, they've just thrown back what what happened. I I fully appreciate that. But, you know, I think that, as I said, with the media, people, the argument, if England go and win this Euros, the World Cup next year, Euro 2024, the main argument people have with the English media is that oh they're arrogant and they don't know how to back it up. Like 1966 was so long ago, get over it. Uh-huh. That right. argument goes out the window. We can't make that argument anymore. And then it's like oh god, shut up about it. Like that's that's the thing. This th- you know, I know the, the argument but... that people but the argument that people can just turn it off isn't isn't right because we're the thing about the other part of it is that Irish the UK and Ireland are very intertwined, whether mm-hmm. Irish people like it or not because of the situation we find ourselves in. So. We're so, and it actually it, it it benefits Irish people way more because I find Irish people to be a lot more um, in the know and have a better worldview because they're able to take in British media, see it for what it is, and American media and see it for what it is, and then have our own media, which at times you know can leave a lot to be desired. But we're getting so many different perspectives on it, and you understand, okay, the sun is this, this is that, and. You get a better perspective on things, whereas the British they don't, unfortunately, and because they don't get outside views. Irish people know so much more about the UK than the people in the UK know about Ireland, and they can't just turn it off. It it isn't like that because a lot of their media, in fairness, is very, very good. Like that—that's it's—it's excellent journalism, both in football and not in football. There's obviously terrible things that have more. the the terrible media here, but Irish people are exposed to that constantly. They're not exposed to. I I, I would
1: dare say as well, that it's a lot more entertaining because obviously the draconian libel laws in Ireland, the media can't doubt they're not allowed to have. And it actually is one of the reasons why John Delaney was able to do as much damage as he was able to do. Um, Hmm. Because nobody could say it works. He threatened to sue them and he would win. Or there was a, Fair chance he would win because he also had, you know, he had a lot of power behind him as well. So, obviously, a lot more people. I mean, British media is very sort of cutthroat and, you know, very rigorous, actually, to be fair. And, and it can mm. be scandalous and it can be, um, you know, we saw with the uh, News of the World and uh, Rebecca. Um, oh, what was the name of her? Ginger. Rebecca. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know the uh, oh. News of the World. Um, yeah, yeah, the editor. Yeah. I actually oh that's gonna really annoy me i've been bumped into her at christmas actually funny enough. so like, oh, that's your one she looked really <laughs> she looked really fucking haggard actually i think she went to jail but yeah you know and it obviously can be scandalous and it can be it can, she did and and it can be you know that sort of thing but it's obviously a lot Rebecca of Brooks. that's the one Rebecca but, Brooks. yeah you know and i get that as well and, and that's obviously why a lot of irish people tend to pay attention to the english media because like a lot more stuff comes out, it's a lot more scandalous, it's a lot more negative, and and people like that. People like to read about negative things. You know, we're all we're all caught in that trap a little bit as well, yeah. you know. Like very, you know, you, you want the misery sometimes, you know. But I mean, yeah, I said obviously what you're saying there about the England fan, and there are a section, but I think the problem that the there's no denying that there are sections of England fans. I'm looking at them and I'm going, right, but you know, and you see the Stone Island jackets on that's always a fucking dead giveaway when you see them you go yeah you know that's a moody bunch over there that's sort of like the uniform there you know and you see them
2: yeah
1: and you kind of go on that if you heard me speak you'd probably like you'd probably say potato you'd say whatever and the chances are your fucking grandmother's probably from ireland but Mm. you'd still you still have this view uh, you know and i've seen that i've worked in kent and places like that and that's very um, very iffy as well, and I've had a few issues down there. Um, never, never anything said about being Irish, but just not very nice people in certain parts of the Kent. Um, and I, I digress. But I think the issue is, though, Breen is that people sort of get that little cluster of people and sort of just paint, tar the entire country with it. And I don't think that's right. And as I said, having yeah, but here. you can
2: say I appreciate that it, it's not right. Yes. Yeah. As we've just said, you know, this is what the media shows you. And yeah, you can go and meet English people and you can say that and say, you know, like, I know for a fact that, okay, those fans don't represent England as a nation. But for the majority of the time, uh, over the last, I want to say 50, 50, maybe 40, 50 years, they've represented the England team. Mm. You know, they, everywhere they've gone up until maybe. Oh, okay, yes, there's been a few issues It cause carnage And that's what's shown in me And you can say Oh but you know We're not showing the The, the 20 fans Who are sitting out there Having a good time like, Because the, they don't Equate to one another You know the, if you, the fans who were Throwing plastic chairs As is their weapon of choice They're They're the issue And the 20 fans over there Having a good time Aren't And It doesn't matter What those 20 fans are doing Because yeah. these guys over here Are causing havoc and it, it, listen, if it happened, if it happened a lot with Ireland, the Dutch had a terrible hooliganism from yeah. years. And if it was happening with Ireland, you'd say, yeah, there's a real serious issue here, um, but it's not. So, you know, yes, you can say, oh, it's, it's bad to paint them um, all like that. But the reality I find um, and I feel is that with England um, fans uh, is that this is this is who they are. And this is, well, maybe not who it's Maybe it's changing, but it, this is who they have been. And I, this is why people have that view of England. It won't change.
1: Team. It won't change. I don't think it'll change. I think the whole, I think the attitude towards Ireland and stuff like that, that will change. That will, that's severely diluted. I remember even going to the England match um, in 2013, I think it was. Was it 2013 when we finally played them? Um, and yeah, it we... was. Twi- yeah. And it was yeah. There. 2013, there was no issues there. there. There was a couple of little skirmishes up in level five. I, I heard one or two things. That that, that happens in any football match. Nothing yeah. near, near the levels of ninety five. And then I think uh two years later, then we played. We played England again, uh Lansdowne and you know it was it was it was on a Sunday so morning. A terrible game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just sort of. Let's just get it out of the way. And I dare say that there was another match again. There would be nothing anywhere in there like, like what it was, because obviously attitudes have changed a whole that. England fans will never change. They will still have that thing, as I said. It's just, it's in their psyche to conquer. They go to a place, it's replaced It's replaced church and war. Their mm. place of worship is three o'clock. Obviously, you know, that's, that's not quite the case anymore. But you, you know what I mean by that. Three o'clock on a Saturday and their battle is when they go abroad and you know that is just in their psyche it will never change when you have a group of english lads together with a few drinks it's you just look at it and you go jesus the other way i was at leicester square and they're outside the mcdonald's and the police were just constantly moving them on <laughs> and mm. you're thinking i i, I don't want to go near that There's people they're going i don't want to go near that And when you're with the irish fans like in copenhagen or geneva you think, oh, I fancy going over there to see what the crack is. You know, like... You, oh, but then, yeah, and on that, then... Get. But then, can you not understand why people don't like... No, English. no, no. No, I understand that. I understand the fans. But I think people kind of use that as a thing to bash the country with. Like, as a whole. Like, it's, that's their ready-made excuse for it. And I don't think that's it's right. Fair. English English football fans, 100%. Yeah, Jesus, no. And actually, the amount of English people I was working with, yes, they go, I fucking hate English football fans can't stand them can't stand and, them. and
2: that, that is that's totally legitimate and fair because they're and...
1: embarrassed they're, they these guys are embarrassed by the country uh, sorry they're embarrassed for the country and these people like this is and i remember one guy saying it, a few people actually said it and i was just like this is what and what you said being like this is what represents this is what we get represented by It's what people think we're like because I remember thinking that, Christ, you know, when I moved up, when I came over to England for the first time, I thought, oh, better. I was in Manchester in 2001 for a U2 concert, and I was like, I better keep my voice down. Getting weird looks, you know, and I was like, oh, oh getting weird looks. I wasn't, you know, it was all in my head. Because so I thought that was the image of England, you know, to me, that, yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to get this shit kicked out of me for being Irish.
2: But then um, you know, that that's that is, you know, we all think of Russians as kind of like a bit scary because they are a bit yeah. scary, you know. But that that comes from say football and that comes from um mm. and, and obviously other side, but but it is all part of it. So if people I feel like if people think that, yeah, you know, I not actively dislike English people because I think that's weird and I think that's the very, very small minority, but and actively dislike because, you know, as much as people give out, as you say, people give out about England and whatnot, like, they still Know watching English stuff. They still go on holidays to England. They still follow English football clubs. Sorry, my cat's gone mental in the background here. Um, they still follow English stuff. Um, and and, and that's reality. But I think you know, any representation representation of anything on Twitter or Facebook isn't really a representation of, of uh, of reality. Um, but there is definitely you know I I can't. I can't tell anyone how to feel. I can't tell you how to feel. But my view is that and it's it's not even you, because it's not even your view. You know, my view is that there is a certain element of Irish Irish kind of society I saw on on on, on online yesterday and today. And I tweeted about it, and they're like, just support England a real condescending, kind of pat you on the head. And I was like, no. Because A, <laughs> they don't understand they don't understand football. That's yeah. that's inherently it. I don't want Rovers to do well. Excuse <laughs> me. I don't want Man United to do well. I don't want Arsenal to do well. I don't want uh, Pats to do well. I don't want Tundalk to do well. I want Bowe's, Liverpool and Ireland to do well. Those, That's it. And I don't want others to do well because it makes me feel worse about the, the state we're in. And if England win on Sunday, if England win on Sunday, there's a good chance they will. I will probably get over very quickly, but it will definitely hurt me a little bit. So I'll go, fuck i was even reading that article the other day in The Athletic about uh, Grealish and, and Rice and, you know, their decision to play for, for England over Ireland and whatnot. It it did leave a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because, you know, it, it, they chose them over us. You, you know, getting rejected is always tough. And B, our football administration is so terrible. And it was just illustrated for me. Um, and that'll be mighty sense. And in fairness, you know, as I said, David, I... I I can't fault any of the points you've made. They're all extremely valid, and and you articulated them extremely well. But I get I my view would be just slightly different. and I think that's the the crux of, of not, this. But it's a very interesting kind of conversation to have. I,
1: I think it is. I mean, as I said, I'm not fucking wearing three lines right? like or anything. You know, people are probably going to think, oh God, we're going to change it to Wembley Stadium, the page, or or Wembley, yeah, yeah, you know, know. so not at all. I mean, as I, you know. I want to make that perfectly clear. I mean, listen. We'll change Italy. the green
0: machine to a uh, white shite.
1: <laughs> well, we'll turn it into the fucking um, the conquerors or something like that. Imperialists. Uh, no, look, like, I mean, if Italy win on Sunday, I stand to win on a nice, cool 120 quid. So, you know, either way. You know. But, yeah, yeah, I. It won't, what I'm trying to say is for me is that if England win on Sunday, it's not going to be the end of my world. I'm. It's not going to be like, oh, for fucks' sake, you know. And I just think, and even yesterday or whatever, I don't know. No team would actually make me feel like that. Maybe Man United back in the day, maybe back in the nineties, Nick, and maybe the early two thousands when I was that way inclined. Both said, Nah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great. I might pop up to Trafalgar Square if England do win it. it might yeah. might pull. Like yeah. get a bit of action. <laughs> I think you know. Yeah.
2: So yeah, but I, like even the people online, who were saying, "Oh, it'll be the end of my world." It's like it, yeah, well, fucking won't be. They're just saying it because it's a fun thing to moan about. And Twitter is that kind of place. Facebook is that yeah. kind of place. But, but, you know, but the reality I, is, I, they I, won't. I
0: felt the I felt the exact same just before Liverpool won the league, and mm. it was fine because because I remember I remember saying to I probably said it to you, brain, just in, in jest. Of, to a lot of my other friends who are United fans, and, and saying, "Look, I mean, if United or if Liverpool win the league, it's going to be like England winning the World Cup, and it, it hasn't been. It's it's been fine. In fact, it's been quite anticlimactic after last season. So you move on, and you kind of you kind of come to terms with it. And I mean, this England team came very close to win the World Cup, and and they didn't. You know, so They're you come side. to terms with that as well. They're a good
2: side. No, they are a good side. Yeah, very good side. and it's been building for years. I mean, you look at the. Yeah. Was it the under seventeen team that won the World Cup a few years ago in India? Um, you know, the the, the under-21s being kind of a constant, Not I wouldn't say success, because obviously they've had issues, but they've constantly qualified for the for the Euros. I think they won the Toulon tournament a few years ago. And they've been building and they've built really good sides and, and they've built really capable football players. You know, they've moved entirely away from the culture of long ball stuff that came, you know, in the eighties and are, was prevalent in the eighties and nineties in England teams. They've moved entirely away from that. And they moved away from, it's something that all international teams are doing, um, is that they've moved away from just picking players because they play for Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. They're picking players. And there's a Leeds player. There's a West Ham player um, in the team. You know, there's an Arsenal player, I suppose. He's, there down there um you know there are goalkeepers at everton he's probably a liability but the goalkeepers at everton it's the same thing that italy are doing they're not just picking players from AC milan inter and and juventus they're picking players who play at sassuolo and and all sorts and the same in spain actually this spanish team was something because i haven't really watched much la liga in the last year or two um is that i didn't really recognize many of the players because i haven't really been following the league and that, that was really interesting whereas i'm not going oh there's you know Half the port, half the side is from Barcelona. Half the side is from Real Madrid. That they are actually instilling a culture that a lot of these teams are playing great football. It doesn't matter, you know, whether they're first in the league or they're seventeenth in the league. Um, and I think that that's something that you know Ireland needs to learn from. And this could be one of those things that um, you know, <laughs> weirdly, England winning a, a, a tournament. You know, we're saying, oh, it would kill Irish people, and you know, it would, it probably wouldn't, but it might. Give some people the, the the thing going, fuck, like, you know, we need to get our act together. Not that we're the ones that are going to stop England, but, you know, we need to make Irish people feel better about the Irish team. I, as I said, I think that's the worst thing, is that, for me, the worst thing is that England doing well just makes me go, why aren't we doing well? Scotland getting to the Europe. All of these kind of middle-of-the-road countries in Europe. Um, I say middle-of-the-road, it's really, really harsh in geography, but, I mean, like, you know, the countries that we would be actually battling for qualification places at the moment them doing well like you know denmark aren't that much better than ireland yeah, um but Dan, but denmark and do... switzerland
0: i mean if you look at the results in the group we drew twice with denmark It were semi-finals yeah we, and, we drew and, switzerland at you know, home and and lost in a waterlogged pitch away to switzerland You got to the the quarterfinal so there. denmark have beaten essence, us once. there wasn't a huge amount separating us really i know slovakia no. went down the group stages but in, in, in essence there isn't a huge amount separating us
2: but we didn't do enough to win the games. That, that, that's the thing. Like the thing that you, you know, we look yeah. at Switzerland and Denmark and they're capable of going and winning games and we're not at the moment. Um, And that's thats an issue. But you do look at these countries and you're kind of like, that could be us. Like my mate Johnny was there yesterday at the game, you know, and he got flown over by the Danish Football Union as a thank you for going to so many games. He had an all expensive bed trip, great seats, you know, a, a, a great time by all accounts. And I was like, why couldn't that be us? Well, because we haven't been run well, you know, from the start of time to now. You know, we you look at the kind of the League Harsey situation and you know he came and offered his his services and now he's the England under twenty one manager because the FAA said, Yeah, you're you have a serious plan here and some good work and we're not doing any of that work. This uh, is that we you have know, this, is.
1: this is. This is we should be learn. looking
2: at England. England did it they went and looked at Germany, they went and looked at Spain, they went and look, looked at France, they went and looked at Italy and said, What are they doing right that we're doing wrong? And we sort of kind of semi-did it. And and the thing with these things is you either go and do it or you don't. And we kind of didn't really. We kind of did like a middle-of-the-road thing. And Rude Doctor probably has some good ideas, but I think we invested too much money in him just being the all encompassing answer. That hasn't happened. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of issues. Again, ultimately, this has come back to we feel bad about Ireland, so England winning makes us feel worse.
0: We put a few bob into a CEO, a CEO as
1: well, didn't we? Yeah, well, we didn't do that. He did himself, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as I said, I stand to make, make 120 quid if Italy wins. So, but I, I don't, as I said, whatever, whatever happens anyway. I'll, I'm just looking forward to a good final and maybe a day off on Monday if England do win it, although I, I strongly doubt that very much. I said it'd be a lot of sore heads, actually. Work. Mine won't be one of them anyway. I won't, 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 whatever <laughs> happens, unless you pull, David. Unless I put, I said, you see me going up the Trafalgar Square, going in around like a like some creep. Nah.
0: <laughs> Lock up your daughters, <laughs> if there's any England fans uh, listening. Listen, that, that, okay. was, that was good. That was that was good, clean fun, lads. I was expecting. um I was expecting a lot worse. I mean, you're you're very respectful to one another. It was a bit disappointing.
1: Ah, uh, well, that's just being an adult. Yeah. But <laughs> I, that's, I mean, you know, they're, they're always that's the discussion that we're trying to have. We're trying to have obviously a sense the situation, and you know, um, some people might not like what we're saying here, but it's just it's just trying to sort of get to the bottom of like why there is this, you know, this attitude towards like is it a history? But that's why I went through the Viking. But is it a history? Because you know the, we have history with the Vikings, blah, blah 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 blah, and you know, just trying to get to the crux of the situation. And you know, obviously, some people won't like it, but um, sure, that's that's football, isn't it? Yeah, score predictions right, for Drew. Sunday, lads.
2: Um, oh, do you know what? It's a really tough one to call. It. I think Italy have been kind of obviously, I think Italy have been the best team throughout this tournament, um, consistent, smart at times, and um, Mancini has managed them excellently. England have actually been quite Italian in how they've gone about their business, Um, you know, in traditionally Italian, not particularly uh, exciting, but, but effective. I would love, because I just think it'd it'd be poetic justice uh, for Mancini to come back to England and and win the, 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 um, the Euros after he was a bit maligned in his time at City and kind of mocked towards the end of it. Um, I I'd love an Italian 1-0 win and then they just completely, they go. the score was about 25 minutes to go, and then they put on an absolute masterclass on how to shit out someone. Um, you know, Keely, and he's falling down, he's winking at the cameras as he gets up, and he's smiling and all, and they're going <laughs> mad in the stands, and then the press the next day, they're saying Italian cheaters and whatnot. It'll be, be really great. Um, but it, as I said, my admiration for this England squad, I couldn't, I couldn't um, begrudge this England team and this England coaching staff um, a win I still don't really, I don't want them to win. But if they did win, you know, a fair play to them. So I'm going to say 2-1 to England, I think. I think England will get over the line. That
1: actually was genuinely, that's the score I was thinking as well. I think England are going to squeeze them. I think England are going to out Italian. The Italians, they're going to do yeah. to Italy what Italy have done. I always remember Italy, Euro 2000, when I really wanted a Dutch team to do it because that Dutch mm. team were phenomenal. And it was the last great Dutch team. And they just skinned their teeth. The Italians did it. And they oh they did the Germany 2006 as well. And I think England are just going to do it. I think they're just going to squeeze them out. It's weird seeing an attack on Italian side. You know, mm. it's really, really strange. And then, you know, but I, I, yeah, I think
2: England are just going to squeeze out 2-1. Might go the time. My God, actually, but that said, I, I, I actually genuinely, I've kind of said that, but I'm also like, I could easily see an Italian kind of Mancini is a, a lot smarter, I think, than people give him credit for, and I could easily see an, a, an Italian win. Um, so it, it's a very, I think it's going kind to of be a, a very interesting game. It could be a terrible game, but I think the tournament that's preceded it, I don't think that will happen.
0: No, nah. yeah, I, 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 I think, uh, I think uh, an England win and an Italy red right card.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I can
1: see in Italy, right, Card? We'll see, see some you know. losing, definitely losing head, the emotional, <laughs> but we'll get to them. And yeah, I, I think England will frustrate them. And I wonder, know, will
2: England's uh, I mean, obviously, the Italians don't have particularly uh, any players who work, say, around in they have a few players who are around in kind of 2012, and not I don't think any of it, was Chiellini around in 2006?
0: No, uh, was he not? Um, no,
2: so but I mean, like, I wonder. I think the also the emotional weight of the fact that it's England's first final in 55 years, you know, as much as the hard work that Southgate has done to kind of get the monkey off the back of Germany and the semi-final monkey off the back, it's a whole different ball game. They're in completely uncharted waters here, whereas Italy, you know, they've got so many people within, you know, one generation of footballers who've won a World Cup. So there's a lot of kind of you know I think the emotional weight for Italy will 20, be a lot and
0: a 2012 final as well.
2: Yeah, they've they, they've they've been around the block a, a good bit. Um, so I I don't know like, it'd be an interesting final and, and I hope that I hope it's a good game and I hope Italy win.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're gonna have to leave it there, just conscious of time, lads. So um, we're gonna be speaking about Italian football anyway on Monday with Giovanni Trapattoni, par four. So, give us your thoughts. Let us know if you're supporting England or, most likely, supporting Italy on <laughs> Sunday. Um, <laughs> I think we all know who uh, who Brian and David will be. Will be following. So, until then, <laughs> come on, you boys in blue,
1: I- <laughs> cheeky fucker. <laughs> I tell-